Amen? He is the risen king. Hope everyone had a good turkey day. Did everyone have a good turkey day? Okay. Your guys are too quiet. Too much turkey. Well, we all can go run a 5K right now and come back. If you have your Bible, please open it to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Today is the first Sunday of the Christian Advent season. Today, believers all around the world will celebrate the coming of Jesus in the Incarnation. And the picture of Advent, the picture of Advent isn't baby Jesus sitting in the lap of a man dressed in a red suit while I've been asked, what do you want for Christmas, little boy? That is not the picture of Advent. Advent isn't about Jesus coming as a receiver. It's not about him coming as a consumer. It's not about Jesus coming to get and get and get some more. But Advent is about the arrival and coming of Jesus as the giver. The giver. Diedrich Bonhoeffer says, A present cell in which one waits and hopes is completely dependent upon the fact that the door of freedom has to be opened from the outside. That is a picture of Advent. A present cell in which you await and hope is completely dependent upon the fact that the door of your freedom has to be opened from the outside. That is a picture of Advent. Jesus is the giver of freedom, the giver of life, the giver of hope, the giver of peace, the giver of forgiveness, the giver of love. He is the one who comes and and opens your presence cell from the outside. And you don't need a Black Friday sale to get this gift. You just need to come to the giver. And this morning, we're going to go to the giver. So Matthew chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 1, verse 1 and verse 10 this morning. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Please pray with him for me. Father, as we come to uh, the preaching of your word, we desperately, Lord, need your spirit. Lord, life can sometimes just happens to us all. Some of us are sick. I'm sick. We all, some of us are under the weather. And so, Lord, we, we, we need your spirit, Lord, to move within us, to move within this place. We don't just want to go through the motions of religion. We don't just want to just culturally just go to church because that's what we do in the South. But Lord, we want to be in your presence because we are your people. Because we want to hear from you. We want to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So I pray that you enlarge our vision of who you are, enlarge our vision of the body and our need for the body. And only the Holy Spirit can can bring us closer to the truths of the Bible. And we need him to continue to supernaturally move within us. Bring us closer to Christ. Give us the encouragement that we need. Give us the word that we need. You know what we need to hear. You know what we deal with day in and day out. 
the frustrations, the ups, the downs, the joys, the good times, the bad times. You see it all, Lord. And so all of us, in the different places that we are today, we come. We come to the throne of grace to receive the same thing, to receive more of Jesus. And so, Holy Spirit, give us more of the him who died for all of our sins. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 10, in these verses, Jesus is the giver of beatitudes. And if you beatitude means blessings, blessings. So Jesus is the giver of blessings. And the first of those blessings, which we're going to talk about today, is the blessings of a kingdom. Jesus is the giver of a particular type of kingdom. And the kingdom is a blessing to those that he gives it to. Not everyone gets the kingdom. Only certain ones benefit from it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs also is the kingdom of heaven. And please understand, the blessings in these two verses is not being poor in spirit. The blessing is not being persecuted for righteousness' sake. The blessings are in this word, this phrase, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is for the poor in spirit. It is for those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. It belongs to them. They are citizens within this kingdom. I want you to notice something that in these Beatitudes, in verses 1 through 10, notice that this phrase, for theirs is the kingdom, occurs at the beginning of the Beatitudes, and it occurs at the end of them in verse 10. Why? Why is that? Because this is where I believe, for, there is the, for theirs is the kingdom are two slices of bread on a nice little club sandwich, if you like sandwiches. That's it. It's the two slices of a bread, of a sandwich. And everything that he talks about in verses 4 through 9, those other blessings in verses 4 through 9, those things make up the, the meat, the cheese, the tomatoes, and the bacon. You've know, you got to have bacon on a good sandwich. And so within this kingdom sandwich are all the other blessings. That Jesus gives. But the kingdom, for theirs is the kingdom, that's the bread. I'm sorry, carb haters, but you need this bread. <laughs> you got to eat this bread. For citizenship within the kingdom is necessary if you want all the other blessings of the kingdom. If you're not in the kingdom, you don't get the other benefits of the kingdom. You don't get none of them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You've got to be part of the kingdom to get it. You've got to be part of the kingdom. So what is the kingdom of heaven? What does it mean? It refers to God's sovereign rule over all creation. It means he's the boss. His kingship, his lordship, his control. That means he is the man or he is God. Over everything, including everything about your life and everything you think you own, it belongs to him. It's his creation. So when Jesus comes in the Advent, he brings the kingdom with him. Please know that. The kingdom, he brings the kingdom with him. Not in its fullness, but he still brings it. One Christian says, the kingdom has come. And it is coming. It is to come. 
It was there when Jesus was exercising authority. It is here now in us, and it is yet to come. It will come when this it will come when his rule and authority is established over all of creation, even over the physical and material world. That is the kingdom. Revelation 11 and 15 says, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That is the kingdom. It's all about Jesus establishing his rule over every inch of this creation. And that will happen in its fullness in the second coming. But now, until then, you, the church, believers, we get a taste of the kingdom now. Notice what he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice that. He didn't say that it shall be. He didn't say the kingdom shall be theirs. So he talks about there's a present reality of what it means to have the kingdom in the present tense. Right now for you, the kingdom is yours. It's for you. Luke 17, 21 says, He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Meditate on that. Philippians 3, 20. Our citizenship is in heaven. Luke said, I'm sorry, I read the wrong verse. That first verse I read was Colossians 1, 13. Luke 17, 21 says, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Jesus gives the kingdom to those who have faith in him. To those who have faith in him. So the question for you, do you have faith in Jesus? Do you have faith in Jesus? Because remember, a present cell in which one awaits and hopes is completely dependent upon the fact that the door of freedom has to be open from the outside. That is a picture of Advent. Sin is a present cell that Jesus came to set you free from. Please know that the, the Advent, Jesus coming, the little baby Jesus, all those stories you're going to read about, he came for a particular purpose. And it's not for Christmas gifts. He came to set you free from your present self. That's what he came for. He came to deliver you out of the kingdom of darkness. That's what Christmas is about. You being set free from your present self. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to share the gospel with a friend that I haven't spoken to in a long time. It's been several years since him and I have spoken. But, you know, his girlfriend was in the hospital. She, you know, you know she had a triple bypass surgery. And so he was freaking out. He was freaking out. So I'm kind of like the pastor, and he calls me, and I go up, and I pray with him. And I, I share the gospel with him again. I said, I've been talking with you for years about Jesus, about your faith. And every time I talk to you about Jesus, you tell me, I believe, Alex. I believe, Pastor. I believe in Jesus. Then I ask him this question. I said, but have you ever surrendered to Jesus? I know you know the stories. I know you know he came. I know you know he died on the cross. I know you know all those things because you grew up in church. But have you ever surrendered to him 
Now, we continued to talk, and he, he told me, I haven't. I've never surrendered to him. I know a lot of things about him because I grew up in church, but I've never surrendered. You know, he eventually prayed with me, and I'm hoping that it was sincere. But he prayed with me to receive Christ that day. And I'm, rejo- I'm rejoicing right now because of that. Because faith in Jesus is trust and surrender to him as Lord and Savior. I hope you know that when you're part of his kingdom, it means he has control over your life. He has control over your life. That's what it means to be part of his kingdom. It means he's the boss. He's in charge. See, you can believe Jesus is the reason for the season. You can believe that. You can believe all your Sunday school lessons about Jesus. You can believe he is real. You can sing songs about him being real. You can believe he died on the cross for for your sins. You You can believe all of that and more, but not yet surrender to him at all. Even the demons believe Jesus existed. Even Satan knows he died on the cross, but it does nothing for him. Because he ain't ever going to surrender to that. So where are you? Have you surrendered to him in faith? Or do you just believe things about him? You have to surrender. You have to surrender to him. And once that happens, he brings you into the kingdom of heaven. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's for you. He's the giver. He gives it to you. And in this kingdom, there are no green cards, there are no visas, there are no such thing as refugees, only citizens. Only citizens. There are no refugees in the kingdom of God. Only citizens. You can't be in and out. There's no such thing as dual citizenship in his kingdom in the world. It's either it's one or the other. And so, are you part of the kingdom? Are you part of his kingdom? Having kids, you know, kids say some of the funniest things because this is what I realize about kids. You know, sometimes when they talk about their stuff, they say things like, well, this is my room. You know, this is, these are, these are my things. And I'm like, but you didn't buy any of it. <laughs> I mean, you don't pay the mortgage, so how is it your room? And sometimes that's how we think about our life. We think everything in our life is ours. But at the end of the day, we didn't pay for any of those things. If Jesus didn't bless us, you wouldn't have what you have. It's his. Even your kids are his kids. Your car is his car. Your time is his time. Your resources is his resources. He just gave it to you. That's what it means to be part of the kingdom. That means you surrender everything about you to him at the cross. It's all yours, you. It belongs to you, not to me. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven also. Now, poor in the spirit and persecuted for righteousness' sake sake, is what is produced in you once you come or become a believer. Those are character marks of those who are part of the kingdom. Those things are produced in you by the Holy Spirit. Because poor in spirit, it's spirit, it's being spiritually poor. It's, it's not just talking about you being materially poor or having low self-esteem or in certain life circumstances. 
But it's talking about you being poor in spirit to the point where you have humility. Where you are, where you are meek before Jesus. Where you're utterly dependent upon him. Self-sufficiency is an enemy of the kingdom. Because it says, I don't need Jesus. Self-righteousness is an enemy of the kingdom. Because it says, I don't need Jesus. Poor in spirit is you saying, I'm utterly dependent upon God in every area of my life, in your relationships, in your, in your parenting, whatever it is. You're saying, I'm poor in spirit in that area. Because apart from God, apart from Jesus, if he doesn't move, then I can't make it. Many of us, particularly those of us who think we're successful, we live like practical atheists in our life. Because we live as if we don't need him. Because we live as if we don't need him. Because if we got all the resources, then we can live as if we don't need Jesus. That's not poor in spirit. That you're thinking, well, Jesus, Jesus is glad to have me on his team. Because I got the right theology. I got the education. I got this. Well, he's lucky for me to be part of the kingdom. Please know he's not lucky to have you part of the kingdom. You need him more than he needs you. It ain't ever going to change. You need him more than he needs you. So are you poor in spirit? Do you know your weaknesses? Do you see that? It's knowing that apart from him that you are bankrupt. You are in poverty apart from Jesus. So when you look at your stuff, even little kids, when you look at your toys and all those things, those belong to Christ. All the things you're going to get for Christmas belongs to Jesus. Do you believe it? Do you live that way? Do I live that way? Because I'm preaching to myself too. The kingdom is given to those in poor in spirit as a free gift. There's eternal security in Jesus alone. Happy are those who, are, who abandon their attempts to find favor apart from Christ. Happy are those who continue to abandon to fix their own situation. Happy are those who continue to embrace and to accept that spiritual poverty is a mark of the kingdom. You have to continue, continue to embrace that. All you need is nothing. But many people don't have that because we all still want something to bring. You don't have anything to offer. All you need is nothing, but not many people have it. Poor in spirit, when it's being produced in you, it squeezes out your pride. It squeezes out self-reliance, self-sufficiency, boasting in yourself. That's what it does. Because when you think about it, do we have anything to boast about that's not part, a part of Christ? Nothing. We don't have anything. You grow importance of spirit by continuing to look at Jesus, cultivating a relationship with him. Continue to ask the Holy Spirit to help you surrender to him. That's how you grow. That's how you grow closer to him. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, 2, 2 Corinthians 8 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake 
he became poor so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Do you understand what the Apostle Paul is saying there? When did Jesus become poor? I hope you know in the Advent, Advent, the Incarnation, that was not, that was him being poor. That was him becoming poor for you. What do you think about that? Him saying, I'm going to be found in the image of man. <laughs> Leaving heaven to come be with us. When you begin to see this, you need to realize that was humiliation for the Son of God to be found in our image. But because of his love, he came so that you might become rich. From his poverty, you, are, you become rich. Believers who are poor in spirit, you are rich in Christ. You are rich in him. This, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It wants you to think about eternity as you live your life in the here and now. If you live your life trying to find the best life now, you're never going to long for the kingdom. Ain't none of us going to have our best life now. None of us. Because will you ever long for Jesus? No, you wouldn't. You would never long for him. Because you're too busy trying to find heaven on earth. There would never be heaven on earth. Only a taste of it. The banquet is still to come. You think you had a good Thanksgiving then? I can't wait till we get to heaven, man. Think you had a spread then? Wait till Jesus comes back. I can have all the bacon I want and not gain weight. That's going to be awesome. Poor in spirit means you offer nothing to Jesus, and yet he gives you everything necessary to make you right with God. It means you offer nothing to him. He gives you everything necessary to make you right with the Father. That is you being dependent upon him. You've got to remember that. You've got to preach that to yourself. Now, there's the mark of being persecuted for righteousness sake. What does Jesus mean here? What does he mean by that? First, for righteousness sake means being like Christ in every area of your life. And when you do that, you may get persecuted for it. You may get persecuted for it. Because you are an ambassador of the kingdom. We are the church. Individually and as a body of Christ, we represent him here. We are kingdom representatives here. And no one else, no other organization, no other group of people in the world can be ambassadors for Christ at the church. American Red Cross, they do good things. God uses them for common grace, but that's not the church. They're not ambassadors for Christ. The church is. And when you're doing those things, when you're representing the kingdom, sometimes people are going to hate on you. Sometimes people are going to talk about you. Sometimes they're going to slander you. What you need to do, you just need to dust, not dust off your shirt and move on. Because that's part of being of this kingdom. That's part of being in this kingdom. The world in which we live would never surrender to kingdom authority because they are lost in their sins. And this is on the American Christians got to realize. Unbelievers would never surrender to kingdom authority. 
Politicians who aren't believers would never surrender to kingdom authority, to kingdom values. We got to realize that. Because here's the thing. You got churches that don't surrender to it, but yet we want unbelievers to do what we won't do. We should be focusing on what God has called us to be and do. And when the church is the church, it changes things. It changes things. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.10, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. But in power. Supernatural, Holy Spirit power. But do we believe that? Do we live that way? Do we pray that way? We have to pray that the Holy Spirit will help us to embrace this. The kingdom will gradually spread to every area of your life where you begin to represent Jesus in all that you do. Even in Paul says in 2 Timothy, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. You need to memorize that and put it on your mirror. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Embrace it. Accept it. When you strive to live for Jesus, when you strive to to live kingdom values, embrace the fact that you're going to have opposition. Because remember, there is an enemy who works against you. In every area of your life, in your marriage, in, in your business, and as you try to outreach to your neighbors, please know that there are forces working against you. Please know that. There's an enemy who hates you, who wants to see things in your life fall apart, who wants your marriage to fall apart, who wants your kids to fall apart. That's real. Spiritual warfare is real. It's a real and present reality. The kingdom of God is countercultural to this world. It is countercultural to this world. The kingdom is, and it always will be. And as believers, your lifestyle, the way you live your life, should also be countercultural. My life, your life, every one of our lives should be countercultural. Our marriage should be countercultural. The way we parent our kids should be countercultural. I ask myself, why does he say here, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake? Because if you're persecuted, man, you don't really feel blessed. Because <laughs> it hurts. It's painful. It's painful. But when you begin to see with spiritual eyes, when you begin to understand that the world, the world in which we live, the country in which we live is fallen and it's broken, it's under the influence of sin, it's under the influence of the evil one, and the rebellious world would never submit and surrender to Jesus' authority until he pulls them out. Until then, they're all stuck in the matrix. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. They're all stuck. They're all dead, but don't realize it. And Jesus tells his disciples in the gospel, if the world hated me, they're also going to hate you. A teacher, a student, is no better than a teacher. So we walk it. So if you've been hated on, guess what? Say, well, I'm following the footsteps of my Savior. Awesome. This is part of it. 
for the, the promise that he makes to you. But those who, who have part of the kingdom have also overcome the world. That means you look at the cross. Look at what he did. The song that we said, the grave could not hold him down. Right? He rose again. He's seated in majesty at the right hand of God the Father. And so no matter what happens to you, no matter what you're going to go through, no matter what you may experience in life, your Savior is still in control of your life, of the situation. These are things that we have to hold on to, that there's always hope within the kingdom of God. In your darkest hour, there's still hope within the kingdom of God. But you've got to believe that. So what, what's going to prevent you from giving up hope? You've got to continue to go to Jesus. And if it's hard for you to believe it, you need to call a brother and sister in Christ and say, you know what, I need you to tell me the gospel again because I don't believe it. As I said, there are no refugees in God's kingdom. We're all citizens. Brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we need one another. I hope you come to realize that in this kingdom, once you're in, you're in. He won't ever kick you out. You would never be in exile. I love that. He's never going to call you in and say, you know what, you are, you are a traitor. Now you're exiled. Get out of my kingdom. No. No matter what you do, no matter how often you fail, he'll forgive you of that. Only those in the kingdom get those benefits. Again, I ask you, have you surrendered to Jesus? Are you tired of being in the kingdom of darkness? If you are, you can come to him in saving faith, surrender to him and trust him, and he'll bring you in. He'll give you a kingdom card. Mine. That's what it says on that card. Mine. She's mine. He's mine. 100%. Never going to let you go. You got to realize that and embrace that truth. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that you are a giver of a kingdom that will one day rule every inch of this creation, every inch of this universe. I know, Father, it's sometimes hard to, to, to believe that when we see the things that we see. But we have to realize that the world in which we live, Lord, is fallen. It's broken. And in such a world, evil things happen. And also in this world, our God is on the move as well. Working. The church is here to represent you. So I pray as we begin a new week and as we finish out this year, that we will be mindful and believing and trusting and surrendering to you, Lord, our life. I pray the Holy Spirit that lives in us will give us hope. He will give us peace. He will help us uh, to persevere through the toughness of life, knowing that our Jesus right now still intercedes on our behalf in heaven. So I pray for all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Will you please stand as we close our service?